In the life of any church, so much must be done by all the people. Believe me, if you think the jobs in this church are going to be done by this old, I was going to say old bird, uh, you know, we, this is, you know, we're in the bullet and we made it. Our 53rd wedding anniversary. That's a long time. If you think that we're going to get the jobs done, and if I'm going to do them, you're crazy. There is so much to do, and as the parish grows and grows, there's just so much more to do. And so I'm so eager to have this done today. But what I want to do with this homily today is to show you how it works. How we actually get jobs in the church done. Because you get jobs in the church done differently than you get other kinds of jobs done. They're still jobs, but you do, you do them differently. And here's the way it works. Let's take the gospel lesson today. It's a great lesson, great story, marvelous. Here it is. You know, Jesus comes to the lake there, and the, and the guys are fishing, you know, and, and Jesus is teaching, and he says to the, to the disciples, you know, uh, he gets in their boat, and he goes out. You know, I've imaged this in my mind. I have preached a lot of places, folks. I've preached at the beach any number of times. I, I've preached in outdoor amphitheaters, uh, football stadiums. Believe me, I can't think of anything more difficult than preaching from a boat on a lake to people that are on the land. I mean, it's difficult. You, ever, you want to try preaching on a beach someday with the wind blowing and you, you think your lungs are going to give out and nobody on earth can hear you. Uh, it's quite an exercise. I, Jesus, he had to be a marvelous, he, he just had to have a good voice to get to those people. Anyway, he sets out and there he is teaching. And he teaches, you with me on that? Hang on to that. He's teaching. And then, after he's finished teaching, hang on to that, because i got a parenthesis here, I'm going to fill in for you. After he's teaching, he says to the disciples, now launch out into the deep, and I've probably heard 50, 100 sermons on launch out into the deep, great text, but that's not for today. But he says, now launch out into the deep, and then he says, fellas, fish. Well, Peter, who is a professional fisherman, along with his brother, Andrew, and his probably cousins, or at least partners, James and John, they're professional fishermen, folks. They know how to fish. And frankly, they have fished far more than Jesus has fished. And so Peter rather politely says, Lord, we toiled all night, and we caught nothing. But at your word, we'll throw the nets out again. And then they catch this huge shoal of fish. So big is this catch of fish that their nets are breaking, the boat's overflowing, they call their partners, their partners come over, that's probably James and John, and they come over, and their, their boat's loaded up, and the boats are about to sink, and they barely get to land. You've got to admit, that's a pretty big deal, isn't it? A remarkable story. The part you didn't hear, and which I have had by direct revelation is what was in the parentheses. What did Jesus say when he was preaching to the multitudes from the boat to the people who were on the land as well as to the fishermen? 
What did he say? Okay, I don't know. But I'm going to suppose. I'm going to suppose. I'm going to suppose at least three things, three possibilities of what he might have said. Number one, what he says, he's out there, and he says, Now, folks, I'm Jesus the Messiah, and I'm here, and you've already noticed at uh, my age, I'm in my 30s, and, I, and uh, I've done some really remarkable things, and I lead a really pious in, uh, life and a very godly life. I am the Son of God. And uh, what I'm doing here is I am setting an example for you. Now, I won't always be with you because I'm going to die, and uh, I'm actually going to be raised from the dead. But after I die, what you need to do is you need to carry on what I've been teaching, and you need to use my example. Follow my example. I have set the example, and now, after I'm gone, you follow it. Now, I don't believe he taught that at all, but there's a lot of people who believe he did. As a matter of fact, massive amounts of American Christendom basically believes that. We essentially call it liberal Protestantism. Not knocking Protestants, but I do knock liberal Protestantism. It's abhorrent. Because all Jesus is is a good example. That's it. Now, if that were the case, let me tell you what happens to the rest of the story. He finishes teaching and he says, Now, fellas, fish. And so... They go out and they look at him and they say, Well, Master, we toiled all night and we happen to know a little more about fishing than you do. But at your word, and because of your inspiring message, we're going to do it. And so they put out their nets. And you know what they get in their nets? Exactly what they got all night. Nothing. They don't get a thing. Much that happens in the church is exactly like that. Because people don't really get the point. They follow with it and they're willing to follow Jesus' example, and there's something commend that can be commended about that. But is it not true that so often not a whole lot happens? We come up rather empty. The programs that we put out don't really produce. It happens a lot. It's not the way to go. But there's a second possibility of what he did out there. I, I know a very good possibility of what he might have said. Oh, he didn't. But here's how it goes. I'm really good at this one because I understand it. I cut my teeth on it. It goes like this. Jesus is in the boat and he's teaching. He says, folks... You know, you've all lived powerless lives. You all, are, you, you, you all succumb to your passions. It's really a difficult life. I know that. And what you need is power. Well, so far we're doing, we're doing reasonably well, aren't we? You know, that's going to that's gonna bring a little note. And then he says, now I'll tell you what I'm going to do. What I'm going to do is I am going to go to my great passion. I am going to be crucified. I am going to be raised from the dead. I'm going to ascend into heaven. And when I do, what I am going to do is I am going to come and dwell in you. And I am going to be your strength. And I am going to do all these things you need done. I am going to do them in you. 
You are to be the passive vehicles of the divine genius. You have no idea how much of American Christendom is at least theoretically at that point. It is simply that all a Christian is, is a tube, a channel, through which Christ works. It sounds good, but it's not what he taught on that boat that day. It's not, nor is it what he taught at any other time. And yet I have heard this so many times. We are merely willing vehicles. What we do is irrelevant. It doesn't count. He does everything. We do nothing. Apart from me, it is often quoted, you can do nothing. Well, that's a true text, but misapplied in that case. The simple fact is, if you see yourself as merely a channel, merely a tube, there's rather a lovely song, I know it all by heart. It, uh, it, it, the song is called Channels Only, Blessed Master. All we are, channels only. It sounds so pious. But, for some really bad grammar, it don't work. That one doesn't fly. That's not what he said, but it's what many of us attempt. And it won't work on Job Fair Sunday. On what Sunday? Job Fair. Because what we have is some tasks to accomplish. For this church to function, there are things that need to be done. So let me try a third possibility. I do not know if this is what he said that day, but I know he taught it often. Here's how it goes. People, what you need, you, you need salvation. You need strength. You need power. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need me in your life. And what will happen is I am going to go to my voluntary passion and I am going to be crucified and I'm going to be raised from the dead. I mean, I'm just paraphrasing things he said, particularly as he was heading to the cross. This may have been earlier. It's, it's irrelevant. It's the story. It's the teaching is what I need. And he says to them, what will happen is I am not going to leave you alone. I am going to come and I am going to dwell with you. Right now I have been with you, but I shall be in you. And as he explains that, he says, what's going to happen is I am going to send my Holy Spirit and my spirit will come and dwell in you. That was the epistle lesson today, the seal of the gift of the Holy Spirit. That was part of the epistle. And I'm going to come and dwell in you. And what is going to happen is that you and I together, we together, I in you, I will be in you. And together we will work. Together we will do things. I will work. You will work. You will work. I will work. And then he says when it's finished. Fellas, fish. And they launch out into the deep. And what happens is, is that they throw their, well, we've toiled all night and caught nothing, but at your word, we'll put down the net. They put down the net. Now my question, who caught the fish? Who caught the fish? Well, I'm going to give you a very broad answer. There's at least four things that must be said either two or four, you'll understand. Number one, the Father caught the fish. The Father in heaven caught the fish. Number two, the Son caught the fish. Number three, the Holy Spirit caught the fish. Or one, three or one, 
The all-holy trinity caught the fish. And number four, who caught the fish? The fishermen caught the fish. And I'm going to tell you how they didn't do it. They didn't say, well, nets jump into the lake. They did not say that. Do you know what they did? They did what Peter and John and James and Andrew knew so well. They knew how to fish. And they did what they always did with the nets. They put them out. And something rather unusual happened. The nets were so full they could barely get them on board. And their, their boat starts to sink and the, their friend's boat starts to sink. The, they're going to go wonder they have so many fish. Who caught the fish? The disciples caught the fish. But they didn't do it without the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, do you remember that Jesus did say to his disciples on the night of the Last Supper, he said, apart from me, you can't catch fish. Well, that's not quite what he said, is it? He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But with me, the obvious implication is you can do everything that needs to be done. You can do it. But you can't do it without me. In my first example, you cast the net back into the sea, and if you don't have the all-holy trinity with you, what are you going to catch? What you caught the night before. In this case, nothing. Let's say you'd caught five the night before. What are you going to probably catch when you put them down again? Maybe five. I mean, it's just like fishing in general. But if you've got the all-holy trinity, if you have got Christ with you, if he is fishing, as it were, with you, what do you get? You get nets that are overflowing, almost breaking, your boats almost sink. Wouldn't you have loved to have had your boat almost sinking? What if one boat would have been that far from going down and one that far from going down? Which one would you rather be in? I'll tell you which one I'd rather be in. That one! I want to be in the one that's about to go under. I want to see this is a big deal. Now, to do a little application here. How are we going to get this Sunday school to work? Because it takes a lot of people to make a Sunday school work, doesn't it? It takes teachers, and it takes helpers, and it takes kids, and it takes parents who need to get there on time with their kids. It takes all of those things and some rooms to meet in. Some classrooms. We don't have enough, do we? We have people outside in Sunday school classes. How do you do it? Cast your net again. Cast your net again. But what you need is you need the all-Holy Spirit to be working with you. You know what you'd love to see, wouldn't you, is, wouldn't you love to see Simona's biggest problem is having her Sunday school classrooms overflowing to where they're about to sink at 9 o'clock in the morning? Wouldn't you love it? Are all the tasks in the church, all of our jobs, the women's group, the men's group, the charities team, the youth team, the governance team. How many things do we have set up today? Nine. Nine booths out there. Each with food, by the way. Nine booths. Now, that represents more than nine jobs that need to be done. I mean, folks, they need to be done. They really do. How are we going to get them done? The disciples are going to get it done. You know, it's silly to say, Oh, Lord, 
We have a need for better Sunday school. Oh, Lord, answer our prayer. Bring us Sunday school teachers. Fellas, fish. Fellas, fish. Teachers, teach. People, we got to do the job. You say, well, I'm not qualified to do that. Well, maybe you're not. Peter, James, and John, Andrew, and James, they, they, were, they were qualified to be fishermen. It will find you a job that you're qualified for, but it's just silly to pray, Oh, Lord, bless our youth. It's silly. Unless, fellas, fish. You do it. We have to do it. Can we do it by ourselves? Well, we can do something, but we'll get what we got the night before. What we need is the Lord. It's good to have him in your boat. You need him. You need the one who promised and said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. We have him. He is with us. How do we get these jobs done? Oh, I guess it's okay to pray for them. But I'd say pray for it and then work. Pray and do. Fellas, fish. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to do it. How do we get it done? God will help us. Who's going to do it? Who's going to do these jobs in the church? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and we're going to do it. We're going to cast the net out again. How many times will we cast the net out again? I've got a great answer to that. As often as we need to cast the net out again. How many times did Peter cast out nets in his life? Who could count? Peter couldn't count them, I'll bet you. He might approximate, but he wouldn't get the actual number. How many times have I cast out the evangelism net? Because if you haven't figured it out yet, that's what I do. Cast the net out. Cast it out again and again. I don't know how many times I've said, Lord, I fished all night and caught nothing. And then I hear, cast it out. Cast it out again. Okay, at your word. I'm a professional evangelist. You know that, don't you, Lord? Cast the net out again. Whoa! Look what came in. The end of my homily is this. Fellas, fish. When you get out there today, take a job. Everyone in this parish, unless you're visiting, and you can too if you want, sign up. Become a part of something. Be a doer. Don't be a sitter only or a stander only. Be a doer. How will it be accomplished? Because God has promised us. He is, the Lord has said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You have the seal of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Everything you need is there to get it done. And so we'll do it. Fellas, fish.